Are you on keto right now, but you're not losing weight? Did you come to keto for that amazing weight loss potential, but maybe even found yourself gaining weight? Would you like to know how to do keto successfully? Today, I'm going to talk about the top six problems that we face living a ketogenic lifestyle and how to overcome them. Hello, wellness warriors. Welcome to Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet. I'm Violet, your keto psychologist. The reason I make these videos is to help you to understand that when our physical health and mental health come together, it creates that overall sense of well-being. If this is something that you're working on, subscribe because I make new videos every week. First of all, keto is so simple that we think we're doing it correctly because there's one instruction. Take your grams of carbs under 20. It's really hard to imagine that we could be making a mistake here. But the problem that I see is that when we believe that we know how to do something, we walk forward believing that whatever we're doing is correct, even if it isn't. To correct this problem, what we need to understand is that, first of all, nobody's perfect. The idea that because I heard a piece of information once, I'm going to be living it out perfectly forever without having to check on myself, not likely. But second of all, knowing what I'm trying to accomplish and actually accomplishing it are not the same thing. I need to have a way to figure out, am I actually doing keto the way that I'm supposed to be doing? So am I actually accomplishing eating less than 20 grams of carbs per day? That's first and foremost. If you are not eating less than 20 grams of carbs per day, you will not be in ketosis and you will not be doing keto correctly. I want us all to entertain the possibility that if I'm not losing weight, there's a possibility I'm overeating my carbs. And so the first thing that I will double check when I see myself not losing weight, especially if there's actually weight to lose, is my carbohydrate intake. If I think I'm doing everything right, I won't check that piece of information. All we need to do is have our carbs under 20 to do keto correctly. So to get into a state of ketosis, that's all we need. It's not all we need to lose weight. So how much protein that I'm eating and how much fat that I'm eating actually matters when we're doing a ketogenic lifestyle. If I overeat anything, I will gain weight. If I eat enough of anything to have the energy to fuel my day, my body will use the energy that's coming in rather than the energy that I have stored on my body. Honestly, the best way to make sure that you are doing keto correctly and that you are eating the right amount is to eat to satiation, which means I don't eat until I'm full. I eat until I'm my body is giving me that feeling of I'm not hungry anymore. That's a very different feeling. I actually have to look out for that feeling. We know the feeling of full. What I'm looking for you to do is eat until you feel like you're okay. Like I'm just not hungry anymore. Even if I could eat more. The second problem that people face when they're living a ketogenic lifestyle is they get bored with tracking. And this problem is related to the first one. So if I'm not tracking my food, I actually can't guarantee that I'm not overeating my carbs. I can't guarantee that I'm not overeating fat and protein because I'm not tracking my food. It is so important for us to, especially while we're in the weight loss phase, to weigh everything that we're eating and to track everything that we're eating. I know for myself, when I started to live a ketogenic lifestyle and I actually allowed myself to weigh the amount of carbs in broccoli, to weigh the amount of carbs in potatoes at the beginning, because I didn't know that I was going to take those out of my life, to, to double check how much carbs was in rice and pasta. And when I started to check, where are these carbohydrates that were attacking my body coming from? I was shocked to learn 
how many carbohydrates there are in very typical foods that I was eating on a very regular basis. In order for me to truly understand what I was doing with keto and make sure that I was under 20 grams every single day, I weighed everything. And you know what? At the very beginning of the process, there were a few days where I went over and as I got more comfortable with what I was eating, I still had days where I was really close to my 20. Understanding what we're trying to accomplish and then living that without tracking is two completely different things. Today, I don't track every single day, but I track once in a while. Why? Well, because even though 99% of the time I'm eating things that cannot come close to 20 grams of carbs in a day, on those few occasions where I decide to have some kind of cheesy something to eat or some kind of high protein something to eat where I know like, oof, I might go over my protein even if I don't go over my carbs, I check. It is so much better for me to check and be sure that I haven't gone over than to think I'm doing good and three months later step on the scale and Violet is overweight. Or to have aches and pains and not understand why am I feeling this way? By checking and being sure that I'm eating what I'm supposed to eat and keeping my numbers where I want to keep them, I keep my body feeling the way that I want it to feel. I'm actually going to put a special category right here for overeating fat because I understand that 90% of the people who talk about keto in the online world call keto a high fat diet. And I understand that they call keto a high fat diet because we go from eating large amounts of carbohydrates to getting most of our energy from fat. I just want to pause. And I want everyone to just think about this for a second because we make the mistake of believing that because keto is called a high fat diet, then the goal is to eat a lot of fat. That's actually not the goal. The goal is to get your energy from fat. The average person eats 350 grams of carbs in a day. And we're trying to switch it. Rather than eating 350 grams of carbs in a day, which is attacking the body, we go down to 20 grams of carbs or less. Now, honestly, the or less part of the story gets so overlooked. If I eat zero grams of carbs in my day and I do that for a year, my body will be fine. If I do that for five years, my body will be fine. Why? My body will make the carbohydrates if I don't eat. It's supposed to do it. That's what it does. My body knows how many carbs it needs to function a certain way. What does that actually mean for me? Of course, if I take the carbohydrate count down from 350 to 20, our body is going to struggle in the beginning. So in order to get my body to adapt and to use fat for fuel, at the very beginning, adding a little extra fat helps us to get fat adapted. I need you to understand something. If your goal or part of your goal is to lose weight, when I take my carbohydrate count down to 20 and then I raise my fat intake to more than I was eating before, it doesn't even matter how much more, when I raise it, it's only to help my body adjust. If I actually wanna lose the weight, then when I feel like my body understands that now we're using fat for fuel, I stop ingesting extra fat. For the very basic reason, if I eat enough fat to fuel my day, my body won't take it from my body. If I eat enough fat to be overeating fat, I will still store. I also want people to understand that taking my carbs 
down to 20 and then taking my fat down to I'm eating enough fat to make it from meal to meal, but I'm not eating so much fat that my body doesn't pull some from me. I want us to understand that this process will last as long as it needs to last while your body is repairing and your body is getting you back to the weight that you should have been. So getting you back to an ideal weight. One of the common problems with the standard American diet is that although we believe that we should be doing low fat and most people try to do low fat, and the funny part is that a lot of the times we end up eating things that are not low fat because we end up eating things like pizza, we end up eating things like hamburgers, we end up eating things like french fries. Those things are actually high fat, high carb. When you have high fat and high carb in the same meal, you guarantee that you're going to gain weight. I want people to understand that we're trying to correct years and years of damage to the body by understanding that high fat, high carb, and even just high carb is damaging the body and causing weight gain. The fourth problem that we tend to encounter when we're trying to live a ketogenic lifestyle is the bad advice that we get that says that you can do keto and then have cheat days, days off, high refeed days, high carb days, whatever you want to call them. This idea that every few days we can eat more than 20 grams of carbs. There's so many problems with this. But basically, if I allow myself to do 20 grams of carbs for six or seven or eight days, and then I have a cheat day, a refeed, or whatever you want to call it, yes, I'm going to no longer be in fat burning because my body's going to get pushed out of ketosis because it has to get that sugar that I've just eaten out of my blood. First of all, I'm pushing myself out of ketosis every 6 to 12 or even even if you do this monthly, I'm kicking myself out of ketosis monthly. Why this is important for you to think about and to realize that it's a bad idea. So let's look at weekly first. If every week I'm pushing myself out of ketosis, it takes three days for the typical person who's metabolically okay to get into ketosis. Remember, we're starting from a point where we are metabolically damaged. Probably going to take us four days, might even take five days, depends on how much damage you have. So I live six days restricting my carbohydrate intake, which I'm going to assume that because you're new to this, it's not fun. But even if you've been doing it for a while, I live six days. Okay, maybe I'm used to the routine. But then on the seventh day, I eat high carb. I push myself out. I'm doing my three, maybe five days to get back into ketosis. The truth is, maybe you have one to three days where you're doing, your body is able to clean up and uh, be in a ketogenic state. But then you have actually four days in the week that you're not. And the question I have for you is, can you imagine that you're cleaning your house and one day a week, you just allow people from all over town to just throw garbage in it. And then you're going to spend four to five days cleaning up for that fifth, sorry, that seventh day to come along and they're just going to throw their garbage in your house. You'd be, you're, you're continually forever cleaning your house. We don't recognize that that's what we're doing to our body. I'm actually spending more time in the state of trying to get back into ketosis than I'm actually spending in ketosis. I feel like the alcohol example is the best. You wouldn't struggle through six days of not drinking, knowing you're going to drink on the seventh day and believe that you're actually trying to get off alcohol. If I allow myself to drink every seventh day, I'm not trying to get off alcohol. 
If I allow myself to have garbage food every seventh day, I'm not trying to heal my body. Let's talk about people who maybe are going to go a month. Let's talk about people who maybe are going to go six months before they have a cheat day. Why do I still not recommend this? Same reason for alcohol. You know what? When you're addicted to something and you let it back in the door, as many of us have either experienced or watched other people experience, that you could be two, three years without drinking, have a drink, boom, you're on a bender, boom, your life is back in chaos. Two, three years without smoking, stress at work, you have a cigarette, next thing you know, you're back in the cigarette. Why do we believe that we can just put down our sugar addiction as if it's nothing? What will happen is that six months, you're gonna have that cheat day, and it, sometimes it's gonna be a cheat two days, and sometimes it's gonna be a cheat two weeks, and sometimes, it, and then next thing you know, I'm not doing keto anymore. I'm not trying to force people to do keto. My bigger point is, did you spend six months cleaning up your body to turn around and put garbage back in your house? I don't think so. I don't think that's what we want to do, but it's what we end up doing because we don't allow ourselves to understand how very important it actually is to take it seriously. Feed yourself healthy food. Allowing yourself to eat junk creates a junk body. One other thing I want to point out, I hear so many people talking about how keto flu lasts weeks and weeks and weeks. And it, I mean, first of all, keto flu, I did have it. Not a fun experience. I would not want to be living that for weeks and weeks and weeks. I could see how living keto flu for that long would cause people to quit, to give up, to not feel like it's worth it. What causes people, in my opinion, what causes people to live keto flu over and over and like it's lasting weeks is cheat days, is not doing keto with the understanding that it means I'm putting down the carbohydrate heavy foods. When you allow yourself to kind of get through and get into ketosis and then re-engage sugar and then have to start over and get through it, every time you do that, you're re-engaging your addiction. And because you're re-engaging your addiction, you have to go through withdrawal again. I want people to be successful. If you re-engage your addiction, you will re-engage the damage to your body. You will re-engage the weight gain. The fifth problem that we live very regularly, actually, because we're so used to being on a schedule is we eat when we're not hungry. We eat when we're bored or any emotion. Actually, we celebrate with food. We escape with food. We associate food with activities. So you sit to watch a movie, you eat popcorn, you're sitting on the patio, you're having a snack. It's a celebration. You're eating something. You go to a party even like we cannot go to a party without thinking about what are we going to eat there? We're so used to associating food with activities and fun stuff. We're so used to just having situations where food becomes the focus rather than understanding that the real focus is being healthy and eating food to fuel the body. So when we're eating because it's time or we're eating because it's fun, in actuality, what we're not doing is understanding our own hunger. The other thing I want people to understand is what I call phantom hunger. And that's this idea that sometimes we eat because we feel hungry. But if we actually intervene, so drink some water or wait 10 minutes, a lot of the times what we'll realize is that the hunger goes away because we weren't actually hungry or because the body just decides that, okay, we didn't need some energy. I'm going to grab it from the body. Letting my body tap into me sometimes is a good thing right? Because when we actually 
eat every time we have that signal of hunger, which is sometimes being triggered by seeing a commercial on TV or sometimes being triggered by the time of day. It's, oh, it's noon. It's time to eat and not really being triggered by the actual fact that I'm hungry. If I let myself eat at every one of those times, if I let myself snack every time I think about, oh, it's halfway between breakfast and lunch, I should eat something because that's what we've been told to do years and years ago. When I let myself engage these things, the unfortunate reality is this, I gain weight. Every time you eat, especially when you're eating and you don't actually need the energy, every time you eat, you rise your insulin. Every time I rise my insulin, my body gets put in the position where it's trying to do something with that energy. Now, if I wasn't actually hungry, my body didn't actually need that energy. So what will it do with it? It will store it. The story of our overweight lives, that we're eating energy that we don't need that's getting stored while the energy that we could be using is sitting on us and we're upset about it. Drinking some water, some black coffee, drinking something that just to allow yourself to have a flavor without having any energy coming into the body is going to help you to understand if you're actually hungry. Because guess what will happen? If I drink some coffee, black coffee, nothing in it. If I drink some water and I'm actually hungry, that's not going to do anything for me, right? A few minutes later, I'm going to be hungry again because I actually needed energy versus if I drink those things and I feel fine, it's because I didn't need any energy. One of the problems that I had was that I was overeating my protein. So if you overeat your protein, because protein gives a medium reaction, so fat gives the least reaction, carbs gives the highest reaction, proteins in the middle. That insulin reaction though, still contributes to insulin resistance. It still contributes to physiological problems of not, of your body eventually getting to the place where it doesn't manage the carbohydrates well because there's too much insulin floating around in your body. So what's important for us to recognize is that if I'm doing more of a carnival style way of eating, I still need to remember that the goal is not to eat till full. The goal is to eat till satiation. I feel like that was, you know, one of the things that I struggled with is that sometimes if all I have on my plate is meat, it's so easy to feel like I could eat a bit more because I didn't have the vegetables there to feel like it took me long to eat. How long we are spending eating. So that feeling of satiation and, and not just the feeling of satiation in the body, but that feeling of being satisfied with how my meal was. We're going back to habits that we created when we were doing standard Canadian, standard American, standard Caribbean diet, that we were eating huge amounts of food and we were feeling full. And that feeling of fullness is what told us to stop eating. When you now go to the place where I'm not eating till full, I'm eating till satiated. And all I have on my plate is meat. Sometimes it's easy to fall back into that mistake. Pay attention to yourself. Allow yourself to still listen to those signals of satiation. One of the tricks that I've come up with for this situation. So if you're eating mostly meat, if you're eating mostly, you know, eggs or like, you know, dense protein heavy foods, I cut my pieces small and chew them very well. Slowing down the process of getting the food into you allows you to better sense. So when your body has had enough, because you get that signal from your body saying, oh, well, you had enough. The more stuff you have on the plate, the more time it takes you to eat it, the more chance you get for that signal of satiation to be sent to your brain and stop you from eating. To learn more about doing keto correctly, tap the screen right there. 
you're going to find a video that's going to help you to improve your health. I want to thank you for watching Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet. Can't wait to talk to you guys in the next video.